You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to Garibaldi Red, the first episode of our Nottingham Forest podcast. My name is Matt Davis, uh, Forest supporter for 30 of my 37 years, mostly miserable, but uh, hopefully that's all about to change in the next few months, which is probably our big topic of conversation. And I'm joined by Red correspondent Sarah Clapson. Hello. 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 <laughs> and Notts County writer, all-round football expert, big Liverpool fan. We hope to have some interesting insight for us as well, Lee Curtis. <laughs> yes, pleasure to be here. Nice to be making my debut. It's Everyone's all debut. debut. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we should start looking a little bit back on the self-inflicted bullet-in-foot instance at the weekend with Birmingham against Birmingham City, which sets up this Leeds game at the weekend's it makes it a massive game. It could have been a bit closer in the table, really. Mm. What happened, Sarah? Where does it, it go wrong? <laughs> it, I know everybody will say, oh, it's typical Forest to, to beat Brentford and go to, to Birmingham and lose. But I, I don't think it, it really wasn't like that. They they pretty much had the game in their hands. If if Lewis Graben had scored his penalty, and I'm not putting all the blame on Lewis Graben at all, but if that penalty had gone in, it would have been a completely different game. Forest would have been 2-0 up, um, in control. The crowd was starting to turn a little bit on Birmingham. There'd been a few fan protests after um, Thiago Silva had opened the scoring. If Forest had gone 2-0 up, they'd have won it. They'd, mm. they'd have cruised that. Um, but all of a sudden, you missed the penalty. They go down the other end and score. It's 1-1. Forest didn't really come out the second half the same way that they started the first half. There wasn't that kind of same intensity. They didn't kind of get at Birmingham as much. And and then it was another sloppy goal to concede. Um, it, there were some really harsh words said by the manager afterwards, um, calling them naive and stupid. And mm-hmm. he was... It was as angry as I've seen him um, in his time at the club. He, he really was not happy with it. Um, and I think that was partly because the three points were there for the taking. They were there in their hands. They just threw them away. Um, and that's been really unlike Forrest this season. They've usually got a bit of spirit about them and they can dig in and grind out results even when they're not playing well. Um, but they didn't do that for whatever reason um, on Saturday and yeah it sets up that Leeds game now that's looking really tasty There are a few missed opportunities this season aren't there I suppose the Millwall Mm. game both games against Reading they do I mean for a team that's third in the league uh, there have been a few drop points even now I suppose Yeah there's a lot of ifs buts and and maybes you look through all the different games and yeah there's a few times where you'd say yeah they should have won that or they they could have at least got a draw out of that Um, but I think you can say that about a lot of teams in the championship there's a lot of inconsistency there's a lot of teams even West Brom and Leeds drop silly points look at Leeds last weekend Um, nobody's really put an extended run together and that's why the table's so close and why Forest are very much still in there and why there's a lot of teams still in there at the minute because it's all it's a little bit of a, a much of a muchness and it, it all it takes is for somebody to go on a, a big run and they'll pull away Forest if they can put a good run of results together they'll be they'll be right up in there probably in the top two if they mm. if they put a good one of um, of wins together you kind of saw in, in January when they went unbeaten how quickly then how f- far they climbed up the table so if they can do that again then who knows is that the story of football outside the Premier League do you think inconsistencies I mean you see it uh, you know at, at the levels you've covered as well with knots. yeah I think it's like you know it's, it's funny because what's happening at Notts probably mirroring what's happening over at the city ground at the moment um, you know they got themselves into a great position went about nine games ten games unbeaten and then they go to Dagenham and, and 
a team that on paper you're looking and thinking they should be winning really because mm. they were fifth from bottom in the table um, and then they sort of surrender those three points but you're right it's all about consistency if you can get on that run and you can build momentum the confidence comes um, but looking at Forest results I mean they've actually done really well against the teams mm. that are up there around them it's the same with Knots you know they've yep. had some great results um, but it's those teams where you think oh, this is nailed on we're going to get something today yeah. and then you end up come full time you're thinking how have we not beaten beaten them and it's interesting actually I was going to ask you about the penalty and Graben when when he missed it what impact did that have on the team do you think that was did they sort of go back into the shell a little bit? Did it, you know, did it impact the team? I think as a it, whole? Was, it was just so quick. As soon as he'd missed it, they pretty much went down the other end and, and scored near enough. Yeah. And I think it's it's just those couple of minutes. It's like, oh, hold on a minute, what's happened here? And you never quite collect yourself or get back into it. Um, it, it it's it's horrible to say, but it was a, a big turning point. Yeah. Um, you can't put it all on Lewis Graben. It's not his fault by any any means. Um, they had the whole of the second half to turn it around, but they still didn't do it. Um, it really wasn't his day. He had so many chances, Lewis Graven. He hit the bar, he had one cleared off the line, he had a really good chance and it, it just wouldn't go in. But, I mean, you look at every other game and he's he's saved Forrest so many times this season with his goals. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's got 16 this season mm. in the league, isn't he? I mean, it's such a responsibility on his shoulders. Yeah. I think Joe Lolly's got seven after that, hasn't yeah, he? So. The, yeah, he's, I mean, he's been the only striker, really, for much of the season. They had Rafa Mer, but he never really made the impact that they wanted um, so it's all all been on Lewis Graben's shoulders and he copes with it brilliantly you wouldn't know he's under that kind of pressure he just brushes it off um, I think it's helped now that they've, they've got some support from him they've got some backup they've got Tyler Walker in they've got Nuno Da Costa um, so now we'll be able to rather than doing the full 90 minutes every week you might be able to get a bit of a breather and come off for the last 10 maybe if they're the results uh, sewn up, which will help. Mm. What was the deal with Tyler Walker then, Lee? You know a bit about Lincoln City from a former life. Yeah, what well, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I've been to watch Lincoln a few times this season and uh, when Tyler was playing and he, he, he did brilliantly for Lincoln. I think he got scored 16 goals. Um, I mean, what I like about him, he's, he's done it at League 2 and he's done it at League 1 level now. Mm. So the, the natural or the next step for him is obviously to do it for Forrest and be consistent and get in the team regularly mm. um, but I think he's a tremendous talent I was absolutely gutted that Forrest recalled him from his loan because Lincoln were doing really well and and obviously to, to fill a void of 16 goals is very difficult when you've only got two days left in the transfer window so as a as a Lincoln fan and a Lincoln boy I was I was really gutted about that but um, you know credit to Tyler I think he's a fantastic forward I think he's got everything that you'd want from a, from a, a striker he's, he's quick he's good with his back to goal he scores all kinds of goals tap-ins good finishes um, I think he's going to be a tremendous asset going forward and I, I wouldn't be surprised actually now for this back end of the season it, that's what Lewis Grabman will probably need is somebody breathing down his neck mm. to ensure that he keeps on producing those performances. Yeah, he's had no no competition for much of the season. Yeah. I don't think you can you could class Rafa Mir as kind of being the same kind of competition as what Tyler Walker or probably De Costa is going to be. Just having somebody fighting yeah. for his place that's going to bring the best out of him, hopefully, yeah, or even better it, out of him. He's, he scored some really good goals for Lincoln. I mean, there was one that he was uh, one where I saw that he scored that he, you know it was a, a, a goalkeeper came rushing out and it was a he looked like he was going to get 
absolutely clattered and he ended up getting clattered but still managed to finish it was great bravery from him and I think uh, the Lincoln fans loved him Link, uh, um, him and George Grant obviously mm. Forest Connections you know, they, they absolutely loved Tyler there and I think he'd be welcome back uh, with open arms Do you think it, he's going to make it in the championship do you think he can do that at, at that level? I think it's difficult because you've got somebody like Lewis Graben ahead of him mm. who's got 16 goals great reputation great experience it, for Tyler it's going to be very difficult to dislodge him yeah. but at the same time like you say now that Graben if he plays 70 minutes things aren't quite working for him then Tyler can get on the pitch for 20 minutes or so mm. um, then he looked very bright at, at Birmingham came, yeah. came on and made a, a big difference yeah and he, and he was one of the first names on the team sheet at Lincoln mm. so it's not as if he's a question of he's not been getting games he's fit and raring to go so hopefully you know in, the, in those deciding moments in the last 20 minutes when his legs are tiring and you've got somebody like Tyler who's got a great natural goal scoring instinct come on and grab yourself mm. a goal mm. I think that's a great thing to have from yeah. the Forest point of view is to have that youthful sort of energy yeah. to bring on and then maybe if he can grab a couple of goals then he maybe starts forcing Lamucci to go oh actually you know I've got a tough choice to make yeah. here on a Saturday now do I play Graben do I play Walker so, do I play both yeah, or yeah. do you play both mm. I mean that's it. I mean that looks to me a good yeah. goal scoring partnership mm. on paper doesn't yeah, it yeah. so yeah. they've set themselves a fortune really I mean you look at Ivan Tony and all those Peterborough strikers talking about 10, 12 million quid a Tyler Walker on the open market doing one in League One you have to pay a lot of money for him aren't you so to get someone back in to, you, to your staff in January it just seems like a great move to be fair for Forrest yeah I think I think so and I, and I, I, I like his the way he handles himself as well he's mm. not you know he went to Lincoln it wasn't like oh I've arrived at Lincoln from Nottingham Forest mm. yeah look at me look at me he just got straight straight into it got his head down and was absolutely pivotal. I mean, I actually thought at one stage um, before Danny Cowley left to go to Huddersfield, I thought that that Lincoln team with Tyler Walker at the head of it could probably mm. challenge to get mm. in, the, in the championship. Mm. But unfortunately, things have transpired. Danny's now left. The team at Lincoln started to break up a bit. All the old heads have sort of gone. Um, and obviously, Tyler's now back at the city ground. So I think unfortunately for my hopes of seeing Lincoln in the championship have, uh, have nosedived somewhat um, and they got beat by South End last weekend which wasn't great so um, I think it's going to be mid-table mediocrity for Lincoln in that respect and I'm putting that purely on Forest shoulders for <laughs> such a crucial stage of the season so now we go into the weekend with Forest facing what I said to you might be the biggest game since Ipswich at home when they had to win to stay up I don't know if that's a bit of hyperbole or not but it does feel like such a big game and, you know, if Forest can win well it could kind of be the catalyst for yeah I think it's a massive game it's huge um, they've got a, a really big month you've got West Brom coming up as well and if they can get results from those two where they, where they all are in the table at the minute it could all look very different in a few weeks time um, it's a real it's a chance to put a statement out there and it's a chance to pick up three points against a team that's not that far ahead of you close that mm. gap um, and yeah keep get momentum going again get confidence going again um, at the city ground full house I think it's going to be a, a really a really good game I think and Leeds so they they seem like they're wobbling they seem like like Derby were for years on end I mean they can't quite get over the line can they and now they look like I mean I've seen them play a bit they do play good football they can't put anyone away it seems like a good time to play them you think I, I, I think what's going to be really interesting about this championship race especially at the top of the table is not just what they produce on the pitch, but how they actually handle the mindset. You know, I mm, think the pressure. team with the strongest mindset will end up going up because, the, you know, you're going into a game every week knowing you cannot afford to lose. Mm. And I think it's the team that deals with that pressure. And you look at Leeds, for instance, there's a lot of pressure on them to go back mm. up at, 
to the Premier League. Everyone, everyone's saying, oh yeah, you know, they deserve to be back in the Premier League. You watch their performance against Arsenal, for example, yeah. and you're thinking, you know, they'd be a great addition, but at the same time, the players have got to cope with that pressure. Especially it, after what happened yeah, last year as well. It was last year as well. So, you know, does it get to a stage where Leeds get to the back end of the season and start to think, we've been in this position before. Mm. Does it then become, do they wobble because they've, you know, experienced failure before or does it inspire them to go one better? I think that's fascinating for me. I'm a, you know, I love the sort of mental side of the game. It'd be mm. really interesting to see how they handle it. Well, you've got Forrest chasing down everybody's necks you know how are they mm. going to handle it you know they've got a great game against is it Leeds this weekend yeah Leeds this weekend so um, it'll be really interesting to see and obviously they've got a 1-1 draw at Ellen Road earlier on in the season mm. like you say if, if Forrest can go into that game and get three points what a statement that sends out mm. and ideally for the back end of the season what a momentum booster that yeah. could be mm. you know that soon, all of a sudden you beat the team that everybody wants to see back in the Premier League and you, you game on mm. yeah I think what where Forrester maybe got the advantage at the minute is that they've gone under the radar for a lot of the season. Nobody's been talking about them. Nobody's kind of had them in contention to go up. And now it, it could all change. So at the minute, they're, they're just kind of going about the business quietly, picking up results mm-hmm. and not really getting talked about in that group of teams. Whereas a few weeks time, if they pick up some good results, then it'll all look very different. Yeah, I think if you're, if you're the manager, you, you'd want that. You, mm. you'd, you'd want people not to talk about yeah. your team as being potential mm. promotion candidates because the more coverage it gets you know players read everything nowadays don't they they, t- they tell you they don't but they do, yeah, they do. <laughs> and um, you know you don't want sort of those big articles wouldn't it be great to see mm. Forrest back in the Premier League mm. you just want it at all to go under the radar like you say and mm. just allow them to get on to do their business on, on a match day with the minimum of fuss yeah I think Lamucci's very good at that He's he's very much got tunnel vision he doesn't look any further than the next he won't talk any further than the next game ahead it's just we, we're focusing on leads that's it and then they'll focus on the next one and the next one and the next one he doesn't there's no getting carried away there's no kind of big egos in the squad that that's something that's really stood out this year I think about Forest is the team spirit and even with the business they did in January is so it was so much driven around getting the right characters in and not wanting to disrupt that and wanting to keep the dressing room tight knit and everybody getting on with each other and you look at seasons gone past and it that's not quite always been the case I think mm. um, and it's made such a massive difference this year mm. Is it not a bit weird that for, you know, Nottingham Forest are slipping under the radar I mean yeah. we're in <coughs> excuse me we're in that kind of Nottingham media bubble a bit but a club of their size you know they've been out of the Premier League for 20 years but you know the Premier League and Nottingham Forest kind of go hand in hand for certainly the top top division do it's a bit not a bit strange that no one's talking about Nottingham Forest until the last two weeks yeah, it probably is I think I think if they had a I mean there's no there's no disrespect but if they had more like you look at Bielsa at Leeds is a very very big personality mm. isn't he mm. whereas Lamucci is kind of like a quiet operator so you look at Bielsa and his track record you can understand why Leeds are sort of the focus of all you yeah. know the column inches mm. same with Slaven Bilic yeah. uh, at West Brom you know and that's not a bad thing I think that's a, that if anything that's as you're going into the running like you say just keep everything quiet 
keep everything in the house, do your business on the pitch, and who knows, mm. you know, that may actually work in your favour. But I think, obviously, you look at Leeds and West Brom, everyone talks about how West Brom are this fantastic footballing team, it's the same bit Leeds, and then following that performance against Arsenal, it's like, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be great to see them in the Premier League? Mm. And, you know, all of a sudden, nobody talks about Forest. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is crazy, like yeah. you say, given their, given the, in, their incredible history. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, I think it was that December that they had as well, when they just went on that bad run, and everybody kind of forgot about them because they dropped out a little bit and now all of a sudden they're back in it um, they've just kind of crept up quietly perhaps mm. Where are we with Sam Bissau because he's kind of the, the midfield linchpin that's a bit injury prone so yeah. far I mean he's such a big miss Do you, any chance of him playing against Leeds? Well the club have put a picture of him in training so yeah, I think that's, that's a, yes, a positive sign yeah exactly well, mind games yeah. Well maybe yeah maybe I get the feeling he was maybe rested last week as a precaution yeah. I'm sure he was injured absolutely but I think it was more we don't want to risk him we want to make sure that he's alright for Leeds because that's such a big game yeah. um, it, he'd be a massive beast if he's back fit because he's so key to them he's made a huge difference I think the record when he's been in the team or when he started is that they've only lost like maybe once or something I probably got that completely wrong but he's really been pivotal to their um, their form this year. Him and Ben Watson have been fantastic. Yeah, he's my favourite one. The signings or arms and limbs. Play. He's a player I always thought I should have been. If anyone, <laughs> kind of six foot four, dominating midfield, but he's actually big and strong. You need to get in the gym a bit to match him. Uh, I've got an exercise bike at home, <laughs> trying to lose some post Christmas weight. So if Sarah doesn't play, um, I guess it would be Ryan Yates. I mean, probably Lee, you're well placed to talk about Ryan Yates. Are you surprised that he's close to establishing himself in the Championship? No, not at all. Um, he was absolutely brilliant for Knotts, and I think that was probably one of the main reasons why Knotts didn't go up automatically um, that season. Uh, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, what I love about him is he wouldn't just head a brick if you lobbed it at him. He'd actually head a bag of bricks. <laughs> you know, he's one of those players that is incredibly brave, and you, you, that's something you just cannot teach. It, it, you can't teach players to go and want to put their head in in the way of someone's boot I mean I remember a game uh, at Knotts when there was a ball in the centre of midfield and he, the the lad went to kick it and he just put his face there and he got a kick for it but he won a free kick in the process and you're thinking mightily brave but what mm. that actually did was it stopped the team from launching a counter attack won his team a free kick and all of a sudden you're thinking you know what a great trait to have I mean, a manager must absolutely love that and he, he was he was absolutely phenomenal for, for Knotts and he was a great character too great lad um, really lovely off the pitch and I think you know he's, he will be pushing next year I think this season whether he can force his way into it not so sure if mm. like you say Sal's gets back fit but I think he's developing nicely. I think he'll be going to be a tremendous asset for Nottingham Forest. Um, again, a little bit disappointed that Forest recalled him back from Notts that time because I do think that was the turning point in the season because they, they went and brought Noor Hussein in as a potential replacement. But just while Noor was a, a very talented footballer, just didn't have the same mm. sort of strength and courage that, that Ryan had. And he was, uh, I mean, you talked to Kevin Nolan about him. He absolutely loves Yatesy for what he did during his time at the club. and yeah, he's a, he's a great prospect and another feather in the cap for Forest's, uh, Forest Academy he's a, you know, he's a terrific talent and I'm sure that as he gets older the frightening thing is he's not reached his peak yet he's only going to go and get better and he's got great energy and he's got a great attitude off the pitch and I think that's half the battle 
is that something we, we you know you touched on it before about attitude off the pitch Joe Worrell kind of typifies that as well there's mm. a lot of kind of good lads at Forest this yeah. year and like you said that hasn't always been the case no it? I think it's something that they've made really central to the recruitment and to the putting the team together this year they've they've got that group of players Worrell, Cash, Yates who, who've come up through the club and they're all close and they all know what it means they all get the connection with the supporters and then you've got players like Bree Samba, like Sal, um, who have come in and are nice, uh, big characters, but nice characters. They're, they're not overly dominant. They're not got massive egos. They're very much part of a team. And most of the Forest, they all work together. They all play as a unit. I think last year, um, you look and it was very, it was a lot about Joe Lolly. It was how great he was because he was that great individual. Whereas this year, it's a great team. They play well together. You've not you've got individual players that stand out, but it's it's so much more about Forest as a unit, um, and it's made a massive difference. They seem to have got a terrific spine of the team. Yeah, mm. you know, you look at the goalkeeper, the centre half, centre mid, and then you've obviously got Lewis up front. Yeah, I think that's absolutely crucial. You know, if you have chinks in any part of the spine, that's when things become a little bit tricky. But they seem to have got that nailed on. You know, they've got good experience in there. Mm. And I think that's always crucial. And that towards the back end of the season, you know, those players like Graben, mm. Ben Watson, um, are gonna actually integral to any hope of, of keeping um keeping not Forest in that promotion race. Sorry, I was going to say not sense. <laughs> um, that's going to be integral to be keeping them in the promotion race. So, you know, they're going to be absolutely pivotal going forward. They've got a good mix. I think they've got some young lads. They've mm. got some experienced lads. They've got, uh, and with the, the recruitment they brought in January, they've got a bit of pace now. Um, they've, they've got a good options all over the pitch, I think. You look at other teams and they've maybe got a few more stellar signings a bit bigger names but Forrest as a unit as a group I think they're they're in pretty good shape hmm. is it Brees or Bryce I say Brees okay I thought that might be it. Tomato, as he, tomato. Yeah, as he, he hasn't said it's Brees. No, so. no, no. Sure, French, so, French Flourish well, there, is it? Okay. My French isn't great, but I've been saying Brees. I've probably got it wrong the whole time. Okay, no, no, that's fine. Um, going back to Yates and those kind of young lads, I mean, they've all come through with loan spells. You know, Joe Wall at Rangers, Matty Cash at Dagenham. I think Warrell might have been at Dagenham as well. The relationship between Knotts and Forest hasn't always been great. I mean, can you touch on how bad it was and how good it is now? Um, well, things were going great and, until, obviously, Ryan Yates got recalled and he, he went to Scunthorpe and then there was obviously that whole palaver on social media and obviously Forrest took a, a exception to it and then they obviously started sending all their best players to Mansfield. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that didn't go down too well and there, there just seemed to obviously be this breakdown in relations. I mean, it could have been totally avoided, really, but I think what the new owners have done at, at not since they've come in is one of the first things they did was invite um, Forrest to obviously come and have watch watch a game. Um, they obviously had that deal with the training ground, which Knots now use, um, and things keep on going from strength to strength. I mean, Lamucci was at the game recently. Mm. Um, it wasn't a cracker, so I'm not sure what he would have uh, gleaned from <laughs> he it. Won't be any more players on yeah, there. well, it was, I think it was the nil-nil against Dover. I think it was. <laughs> And it was, yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, you had one team trying to play football, the other one probably the best team I've ever seen at time-wasting for a good few years. It was brilliant. Watching the left-back traipse from one side of the pitch to the other to take a throw was, <laughs> was a particular highlight. Watching Cardiff under Warner. But I think, you know, having Lemucci in the crowd just goes to mm. show that the relationship is on the mend, and that's great to see. I think... Um, 
one thing I've learned in the six years that I've been here that while there is it's sort of almost like this big brother little brother mm. rivalry that they have going on where you look at other places Sheffield United Sheffield Wednesday you know absolutely hate each other um, I think maybe that could change if not suddenly got themselves into the championship but I don't think that'll be happening for a few years yet um, but I think you know one thing the Reeds brothers have done since they've come into Knotts is, is try to repair that relationship with Forrest um, I think the QC's been down at a, a couple of games as well um, so I, I think it's good for the city in general I'd like to see Forrest you know send some of those players over to uh, Medellin at some point again because they've got an unbelievable treasure trove of talent I mean I went to watch him the under 23s a couple of times this season I really like Tyrese Fauna uh, centre midfield player I think he's an excellent prospect so you know if, they've, if they're looking to send him somewhere please send him to Medellin <laughs> I'm sure they've got never know in the summer a few maybe um, now that relationship's back up I think it, yeah. it's better for everybody yeah, um, it is, it's yeah. better for both teams it's better for the city it's, Forest want to have a club nearby where they could potentially send yeah. players because they can keep an eye on them then yeah. they can track their progress they can go watch them it's good for everybody so I, I mean they've got so many good young players coming through Forest they've got this I don't know how they keep doing know, it but yeah. Um, yeah who knows in the summer yeah and I, I mean it's great for fo- it'd be great for football in the city because I'd like to think that you know if Forest can send over some of their best players or better younger players to two knots it can only help them get out of the National League I mean hopefully they can do it this year and, and get, get straight back up and then hopefully if, if Notts do end up getting back in the Football League at the first attempt mm. uh, hopefully those avenues will, will open and we can start bringing some of the, the good young players in again um, because there's no doubt that George Grant Ryan Yates uh, were absolutely fantastic for for Notts um, it was just a shame what happened to then go and see Tyler Walker and, and George yes. Grant go to Mansfield was a was a quite a body blow, but um, I'm pleased to see that things are getting back to normal. They sent Tyrese Fauna to Portugal, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. You don't know if he'd prefer Hulk Lane Barrow. He's a, player, or He's He's a good player. player. I went to watch He's him against player. Sheffield United and the 23s, um, which was a particularly bad night for me because I had a car accident on the way in from that game. But um, he, he was brilliant that night. Mm. He's a know, good player. Powerful, strong, protects midfield. You know, he was, he, he was fantastic at night, and I thought, yeah, that kid's going to have a bright future ahead of him. And it's good to see that he's gone out and loaned to get some first team experience because he looks another, he looks another one that's going to come off the production line and, and push for a first team place. What is your prediction then for Forest v Leeds? Oh, um. Be brave. Oh, no. <laughs> Be brave. You said they win at Fulham. I remember doing Fulham yeah. away with you and you were the only one who, on the press back who said they'd win. Yeah, you I said 2-1 as well. I got the score out the other week as well. I can't remember which one it was yeah, now. Gamble, but yeah, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think they've got the potential to win if they play like we know they can. Mm. If they play like they did in the second half against Birmingham, then it'll be a different kettle of fish but if they play to their potential and they play like they know that they're capable of they can definitely win absolutely um a full house behind them crowd getting getting behind them um i'm gonna go for two one oh <laughs> forest win just so you can gloat on monday morning what's no your i think I, I i mean forest have had some great results against some of the teams around them this year they obviously went to lro got a draw there they've beaten brentford twice one of the best better sides in the division mm. um, listen Raucous City ground it's a difficult place to go 
Yeah, do you know what? I fancy him. Mm. Fancy him. Yeah, Graben's Graben's back. Graben's been in the goals this season, obviously, and you know, got Tyler Walker back. Yeah, I think it's go at him. You've got nothing to lose, yeah. have they? So, you know, don't show any fear. And I think they've got a chance of getting a result. And I'm gonna go. I think, I think it will be. 1-0 Forest Ooh. put some questions out for Twitter users to try and uh, you know get their any... always dangerous yes I know <laughs> I know you do worry when you hit send on a tweet these days don't you um, <laughs> so a few did come up uh, they were kind of repeated um, Marcus McGuane <laughs> what is the, happening the, with Marcus McGuane <laughs> the longest transfer saga ever for an under 23s player yeah for someone that's just going to go into the under 23s um, still waiting for that one Um don't think there's any well I say that now but um, can't see any reason why it's not going to go through but what's holding it up just out of interest paperwork a lot uh, it's such a, a compl- because he was on loan he's right. a Barcelona player but he's been on loan and now he's or he wants to come to Forest there's mm. so many it's and he was on loan in a different country, which yeah. probably complicates even more. He's on loan in the Dutch second tier at Telstar or something. Crikey. Yeah. yeah, a lot of but paperwork. The majority of paperwork, as we understand, it's been done. So it's all kind of in place. It's just, I think it's more the Barcelona one perhaps that's holding it up a little bit um, at the moment. But hopefully, touch wood, it all goes through. Um, he's someone that's rated really highly. I mean, to start out at Arsenal and then go to Barcelona, you... You've got to have something about you. Mm. Um, so he's seen as a... He's a, not going to be a clogger, is he? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have thought so. Um, yeah, he's someone that's seen very much as one for the future. He's not for the first team at the minute. It is very much one for the under-23s team initially. Um, but, I mean, if he comes in, makes a, a good impression, makes a big impact, then eventually... Then you'll find out what real football is. Former Barcelona star at Medellin. <laughs> is it as you were with Savri Lamucci and his contract? I know that he's always said he's happy to bide his time on this one-year contract. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it, he he keeps stressing that he just wants to be just wants to see the year out. Yeah, it's been so long since exactly. It's been so now. long since that's happened at the City Ground that he just wants to be the first person in a long time to go a year mm. in place without anything happening. Um, and you can understand that. I think at the minute he's, I mean, he's kind of got bigger bigger priorities. I guess in that his mm. target is to get Forest up there. Um, so I think it's very much just put to one side for the moment um, but I mean if they go on a, a great run and other teams start looking then you never know that might be something that, that kind of crops up again but mm. I think for the time being it's just let's get on with the job that that we're trying to do um, Lamucci seems to be pretty comfortable happy with the situation um, they, they went through that, that little spell where there's a few teams kind of casting a bit of an eye at him but that talk died down a little bit um, and hopefully he can go the whole year in place and we, we don't have to talk about a, a manager leaving for once which would be uh, which would be an achievement are we surprised by how well he's done I remember it's been in the office when Martin O'Neill went and 18 minutes later Sabri Lamucci's appointed and Having played football manager in 96, 97 as a kid, I knew who he was and he'd had a good career. But I think there might have been a few fans Googling him. Did you think it was going to work out this well or not? Um, no, I, th- I think, uh, listen, I, you know, football, I think every appointment is, is a gamble. Um, it's just about whether they can create the right environment and understand the league. And I think that's what's impressed me most about Lamucci is mm. the championship is probably the toughest league in the top four divisions. 
because of how congested it is um, and nobody ever seems to really run away with it um, but he's coming and hit the ground running I think that's probably the, mo- the thing that's impressed me most um, and he seems to have built a really good team because um, I think there's always a fear when you appoint somebody from outside who's probably not got any experience of the championship um, you know it, it can be a very very difficult league to master but I think he, he's coming and done a great job um, probably exceeded everybody's expectations um, and he's you know he's on course to achieve either hopefully an automatic promotion or worse still a, a playoff place which in the first full season is absolutely terrific mm. achievement mm. really when you consider that um, you know there was few question marks about his arrival when he came he's done a fantastic job and I hope that if he does uh, if he does go on to lead not Forest into the playoffs uh, or even take him up you know we'll quickly put pen to paper on a new contract I mean he'd, be, he'd go down an absolute folklore wouldn't yeah. he yeah <laughs> I'm sure if he takes them up, there'll be a contract shoved right under his yeah. nose straight away. Yeah. And I, think I think that's always a danger, though, when you have that open sort of contract situation where, you know, nothing's put pen mm. to paper. It does like, sort of open the door to speculation about somebody's future. Perhaps maybe if... Yeah, it doesn't if, always if work. If are in a more so. secure position in terms of they, they're going to be assured of a playoff spot, maybe yeah. that's something they should perhaps look to hammer him down yeah. and do so before the end of the season. Yeah, it doesn't always work, does it? I mean, like... Villa gave Dean Smith a four-year contract out of the blue and they went on an absolute tear of terrible results. So sometimes it's better just to leave it as it is, isn't it? I yeah, I think if you, you know Forrest's background and, and kind of what's gone on in the last few years and you think, well, this is just having that one year is perhaps... Uh, yeah, is, and they, they went through a phase of giving out some crazy contracts yeah. under Fawaz. Yeah, exactly. I remember, here's yeah. a five-year contract for a bloke who's not even in the team. Yes. So, yeah, that's not very too true. Um, the other question we have is about Don Goodman which you won't see Sarah watching games saying he's very anti-Forest on Sky is that a real thing do we think that pundits have an agenda do against you know what? clubs I get, well, it's, it's, it's really funny you should mention this because the other day um, obviously I'm a massive Liverpool fan and they were talking about when Liverpool win the league or when they get presented with a trophy I think it's they play Chelsea at home and somebody tweeted saying, can we please not have Martin Tyler or Gary Neville because it's supposed to be a joyous experience and they still just bring it down. And there seems to be some perceived uh, thing that, that Martin Tyler absolutely despises Liverpool. Mm. I, I mean, admittedly, he did get really excited once over a Martial goal when he came on the score. And <laughs> everyone points that and goes, look how excited he was for this. And mm. Does it exist? I, I think football pundits are like ourselves football fans mm. so I think there are going to be teams that they genuinely don't like it's mm. how well they keep it hidden I mean Gary yeah. Neville makes absolutely no bones about the fact he can't stand Liverpool so yeah. and I think that's yeah. funny it does lead to some good exchanges on Twitter or whatnot, and good exchanges between Carragher and Neville and it's the same with Carragher who obviously doesn't just not particularly keen on Manchester United so Don Goodman hating Forest is it a thing We'd have to ask him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's ask him. Let's get him on the show. Okay, let's do it, yeah. <laughs> Grilling. You've yeah. spoken to David Putton before, haven't you, about his predictions? Yes. I did ask David Putton about his predictions because Forest fans really don't like <laughs> David Putton, do they? No. What did David Putton say? He, he just very rarely predicted predicts, a win. Didn't he, he did, yeah. Even when yeah, they're losing. He's, I think there was a, a table done of based on Putton's predictions. I think Leeds had about 130 points by the end of the season. <laughs> But he says it's all in jest and comes from a place of love or something like that. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. But do, you, do you believe that pundits I, do have teams they don't like? I, I, I'm sure I they probably subconsciously do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about Don Goodman and Forrest. I did watch that Millwall game 
where I think it was Don Goodman, I think that's what one of the ones people talk about, where he talked a lot about how good Millwall were and didn't mention Forrest at all. So maybe that's where it came from. I don't know. They probably do, don't they? I mean, all these pundits have played for someone, so they're going to gravitate towards, you know, Gary Burtles will gravitate towards Forrest and whoever else. So I we're all guilty of some kind of subconscious bias, See, aren't we? Yeah, well, it's funny you should mention that because I remember doing a Lincoln game with Mansfield and they still bring it up it's funny I was on a Mansfield message board a couple of years ago and what were you on a Mansfield message board a couple of years ago long story I wasn't contributing to it Um, but I remember doing a Lincoln Mansfield cup game and the manager at the time was David Oldsworth and uh, he used to manage at Mansfield didn't he so Mm. and he called one of the I mean clearly didn't have a lot of respect for himself because he called one of the ends that behind the goal the Jeremy Kyle stand Oh dear. So, what a great PR move. So, so of course that ramped up everything before the game and then obviously I was I was having a bit of fun with it and now at the time and of course it's still brought up now mm. you know mm. I'm pretty sure he was the reporter who gleefully reported hold just marks about the Jamie Carl stand so um it, you know it does it does sort of happen. Well. I, but I've got a place on record I love Mansfield. I love Mansfield. <laughs> Uh, our collective love for Mansfield seems like a good place to end episode one. Thank you very much for joining us, Lee Curtis. No problem. Thank you very much. Sarah, you're going to be here every week. I am. And we'll probably have someone different in that chair most weeks. Thankfully. Yeah. No, no. It's very good to have you with <laughs> you us. You can come back. So, thanks very much. <laughs> no, I'll just provide the water on the table. Come back away, like away to service. Yeah, that's good. As long as you knock first. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be here every week talking all things forest. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Yeah.